3: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What? Look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? I screwed up again. I ended up rooting for the bad guy. I do that sometimes. (laughs) It is the Jesse Kelly show with me, Jesse, the Oracle Kelly. I'm sorry. Okay. It was one week. I warned you all the previous week that I was going to be gone for a week. I warned you multiple times. And poor Jewish producer Chris has been flooded with emails of people yelling at him of me being gone. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three 377 jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We are going to get to Governor Whitmer, Governor Ratchet, as I call her, caught without a mask. Why does that matter? I'll tell you. Dr. Fauci. He doesn't think COVID occurred naturally. Are we really going to unpack everything that means if we acknowledge that? Yeah, we are here today on this show. We're going to talk about killing spiders, leaving your job if they require a vaccine. We have all kinds of stuff today on the Jesse Kelly Show. And let's deal with the elephant in the room now. And no, I'm not talking about Chris because he's put on five or six pounds. The elephant in the room was what happened last week. Remember, I said my, my grandpa had died. I had a funeral I had to go back to, so on and so forth. That didn't actually end up happening. I'll explain it in, in just a little bit on the show. I'll explain in about an hour what ended up happening there. But I also had to go to New York City for something, something that was important. Well, hear me now, and I'm going to have to repeat this a couple times so everybody gets it. It turned out to be really, really important, and there are going to be significant changes to the Jesse Kelly show coming, and not bad changes the kind of changes <laughs> the kind of changes you're going to hear about probably before I even get to them. I will explain exactly what those are. The second I'm allowed to, do not write me emails, jesse at jessekellyshow.com, and ask me what it is or make guesses. Don't do it because I'm not allowed to say anything just yet. The second I'm allowed, I will tell you, and yeah, it's going to be pretty big. <laughs> it's going to be pretty big. We'll get to all that as soon as I can. And, and I don't. I think it'll probably be... Wednesday, that I'll be allowed to say, maybe Thursday or Friday. I'm guessing this week I'll be allowed to tell you what's coming. But first, how often do you root for the bad guy? When you watch a movie, it's, it's happened on occasion. It's, don't act like it hasn't happened. How often do you get a soft spot in your heart for the bad guy? Or read a book. For you people who read or when you read a book, how often do you root for the bad guy? It happens to me more often than I think it should. And sometimes, sometimes, because I know I'm a sociopath, right? You and I have had this talk a thousand times. I understand I'm an unfeeling, moralist monster of a human being. I get that. But... I feel like a lot of the time I watch something or I read something and I'm like, oh, the bad guy's way cooler. Kind of rooting for him. Chris said the godfather. Actually, that's a great example, Chris. I'm glad you brought up the godfather. Let's talk about somebody by the name of Meyer Lansky, also known as the mob's accountant. And I do have to do his deep, deep, deep background Because I think it clarifies why I end up rooting for Meyer Lansky every time I read about him. Chris asked if he was Jewish. Oh, gosh, yes. Yes. We'll get to that in a moment. Chris, could you be patient? The audience is being patient. They're sitting here being patient. You're sitting two feet from me trying to get ahead of the story. Chris is just excited because he's a Jew. You know what, Chris? You don't always have to play for the home team. All right? Jewish producer Chris is all kinds of into the show now. All right. Anyway. Meyer Lansky, he was born in Russia. Specifically, he was born in Belarus. I don't know anything about Belarus, except I love saying it. It sounds really cool, and I want to visit there one day. Belarus sounds awesome, but he was born there, 1902. They don't know what day he was born, mainly because, and I'm, I'll, I'll obviously he's going to immigrate to America here shortly in our story, The reason they don't know what day was born is because immigrants were always lying on their immigration forms at Ellis Island. Either they didn't know what day they were born, because a lot of people, it's just not that big of a deal, right? And other times, they were trying to really appeal to American patriotism, so you can't imagine how many immigrants came through Ellis Island and listed their birthday as July 4th, which is hilarious. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure that's what Meyer Lansky did, if memory serves me. <laughs> I was born on Independence Day. Ah, oh, wow. I mean, I guess I always was an American. Anyway, he's born 1902 in Belarus. This is the Russian Empire. Remember, this is pre-communism Russia. This is real uh, orthodox Christianity Russia. big. I mean, I don't want to call it a theocracy. It's ruled by a czar, but Christianity is huge there. And remember, you, you don't see much of this now. But historically, especially in Europe and you know, Europe and Russia, even though I know Russia's part of Europe, kind of, there's been tension between Jews and Christians. The religious tension, ethnic tensions, that's the history of the world. Especially since Chris's people killed Jesus, we've been bitter about it. No, in all seriousness, that's not that. I mean, I guess that is part of that for some people, but in all seriousness, remember. Catholicism ruled Christianity for the longest time in Europe, and they banned, they they thought the Bible was very explicit about banning, loaning money to somebody and charging interest. You weren't allowed to do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, the Jews did not have any such compunction, and people want money. People want loans, and they're happy to pay the interest. So what happened was the Jews ended up taking up so much of the banking. That's why you have that stereotype, oh, the Jewish bankers. Well, yeah, they were the only ones willing to loan money with interest. But that creates tension, too. How many people do you know in your life who are big fans of banks? Do you know one? If you know one, I guarantee you don't know two. Which I have always found odd. Again, I understand I'm cold and unfeeling, but a bank is just a place you allow to hold your money so they can loan it out and make money. I mean, you do get that, right? It's not a charity. It's not your own personal piggy bank with fancy windows. That's what they're there for. But there's something about a bank that rubs people the wrong way. It just bothers people. Nobody's a fan of the bank. So... All the banks are run by Jews. Not all of them, but for the most part, they were all run by Jews, and this helps create a lot of resentment towards Jews. And that, look, I don't want to discount the Christ thing, especially when you're in a super Christian part of the world. You know, pointing fingers—that that, that that got big. There were pogroms everywhere, or pogroms—I've heard it pronounced both ways—and what those are was this: Hitler didn't invent the anti-Jew game in in. In Europe. He didn't invent the anti Semitic game. These pogroms were going on for a long time. Early 1900s, they were happening everywhere. And what a pogrom was, was oftentimes it was a local political leader of some kind, a local community leader. They would come up with a, a, a reason. Sometimes it was, well, oftentimes it was an imagined reason, but they would come up with a reason. To go attack the Jewish community. The Jews lived in a certain part of town. Almost always. How did that look? Well, I'm about to tell you how it looked and it's about to get really ugly. So I hope you're ready for this one. Buckle up and we have a great show. Michael Malice coming up next hour. Hang on. Kelly, you're listening to the Jesse Kelly show. Quitting tobacco is easy. Nobody, nobody's ever said that. And if anybody tells you that they've never done it or they've never, they've never been on dip or or, or cigarettes for a long period of time. That's people who say that stuff don't understand what it's like. And I understand. When I got hooked on dip and I started dipping and dipping for years, that was nobody's fault but mine. I'm not pointing fingers, but if you've never done it, you don't understand how hard it is to quit. That's why Jake's Mint Chew is so brilliant because it's not gum. It's not a patch. It's dip. I can put dip in my lip. It's just tobacco-free and nicotine-free and sugar-free. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout for 20% off.
1: How will you make our world better? And some of you will go on to serve in our military and defend our country. And all right, in that all right.
2: that's 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 enough. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three 377 4373 Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I told you it was going to get ugly. I thought it was going to be ugly with the pogroms, and then you had to play Kamala's voice, Chris. <laughs> Gosh, you know what? Maybe we don't appreciate Joe Biden enough. Do you have a clip of Biden saying something stupid, Chris? Find something. I mean, how hard can that be? Find me a clip really quickly of Joe Biden saying something stupid. And this is what I mean by we don't appreciate Joe Biden enough. Yes, I realize our president is not a functional adult. I understand that when he gets up to the microphone, he says things like this all the time. The reason I'm bothering to do this is I keep hearing on the press, Biden's going to raise your taxes. Anybody making less than $400,000 a year will not pay a single penny in taxes. <laughs> I understand that that's it's, it's not ideal. It's not ideal for the commander in chief to be um, non-functional. I get that the world is on fire. Gas prices are through the roof. You can't buy a board for less than $10,000. It's just inflation. Everything's terrible. Uh, Israel's having to go to war on their own. It's, 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 everything sucks. But, Chris, get that Kamala Harris clip ready. You do understand that when Biden's gone, one, we're not going to get the hilarious clips every day, and two, do you have any idea... How often we're going to have to hear this voice.
1: Build our country up, having the ability to see what can be created
2: and what can be. Oh, gosh. All right, stop, stop, Chris. I'm getting the shivers. I'm getting the shivers. Just every time it's, oh, gosh, you get that feeling, you know, when you walk out and it's a little chilly. We have Michael Malice coming up next hour. I'm going to ask him what he thinks about Dr. Fauci, we've never actually talked to Dr. Fa- about Dr. Fauci with Michael Malice. I can't wait to get the Michael Malice take on that. And last hour we have Emerald Robinson with Newsmax. She is uh, she's a little bit spicy at this point in time. I'll put it to you that way. All right, back to Meyer Lansky. Russia, Europe, pogroms, early 1900s. When a local community leader, a local politician would decide, I mean, somebody's shop gets uh, raided, someone gets robbed, they're stabbed, they would oftentimes rally, it's the Jews! The Jews did it! And they would essentially have the people rise up as a rabid mob, and they would descend on the Jewish part of whatever city, whatever area they were in, and... I debated whether or not I was going to tell you about this one, but I need you to understand the violence of pogroms. In one incident, and this is one, they they took several forms. Women, oftentimes even very young ones, even very old ones, were assaulted terribly in ways I don't want to talk about. In one incident, they ripped all the men out of their homes, burned down all their shops and homes, took the men outside of town where they gouged out their eyes and cut out their tongues. That is what I'm talking about. I don't, I don't just mean somebody dragged outside and slapped around a little bit. Not that that's okay. I mean violence and death and terror. And because of this, because the Jewish community was living like this early 1900s, oftentimes Jewish gangs, and I don't even know if gang is a fair way to put it, a group of Jewish men would rise up in these areas and decide no more. No, but we are the protection squad now. The government not only won't protect us, but oftentimes the government is the one pushing this persecution of us. We've had enough to which everybody right now is staring at the speaker going, oh yeah, I can see that. Any of that sound familiar to you at all, by the way? Meyer Lansky grew up in that world. That's the world he grew up in, at least as a young child. Finally, as was happening often, 1911 comes and the his family just couldn't take it anymore, and they dis- they decided to immigrate to America. Come on over to America. They they lived that early immigrant upbringing that so many people do to this day and back then. Fresh to the country, you're legally here. Trying to get by, get whatever work you can. Dad's trying to make ends meet. Mom's trying to keep clothes on the kids' back. And now you have this child. He had several siblings, but you have this child named Meyer. Meyer was an excellent student. Meyer was quiet. Meyer was tiny. And I mean tiny, and that's going to come into play as a full-grown adult they think he was five one. We don't know exactly, but yeah, I mean, a small human being. But this small human being was just a different guy, and a couple of different things happened to him when he was younger that show you that. One, his mother would oftentimes give him a nickel to send him up the street. These are not wealthy people, and a nickel was significant money back then, would give him a nickel to go up the street And buy stew for the family so the family could have hot stew that night. One time, Meyer takes his nickel, leaves the house, sees a a neighborhood gambling game. I think it was crap game they were playing on the sidewalk. Decides to go plink his nickel down and loses it first turn had to walk back home and explain to his family in shame why they would not be eating hot stew that night. Meyer Lansky talked about it endlessly. That was the moment that shaped his life. He swore he would never be on the losing end of the odds again. And boy, did he turn that around. And another really cool Meyer Lansky story, I told you you were going to end up rooting for this guy. This was an era of gangs. Just like now, don't think what you're seeing now with these street gangs is unique. When you have an urban area and poor parts of an urban area, you will have violent street gangs. That is not an America thing. It's not a Chicago thing. It's not a New York thing. That is the history of the world. And this was the era of Irish gangs and Italian gangs and Jewish gangs because those were the main poor immigrant groups who had poured into town. They were all crammed in just a few, you know, just a couple square miles in New York. And they were all fighting each other. And oftentimes they were fighting each other along ethnic grounds. The Italians would fight the Jews, they would fight the Irish. Fight. That was how it worked. A group of Irish gangsters surround Meyer Lansky one day. He's walking around with a plate of food covered in foil. He's a young kid. I think he was 12 or 13 at the time. They don't know exactly. He has a plate. The Irish guys have knives and clubs. They surround him and demand that he give them the plate and whatever money he had. This tiny boy, instead of handing it over, takes the plate, slams it on the ground and shatters it instead of giving it to them and then picks up the biggest shard of it and slashes the throat of the leader of the Irish gang and supposedly wounds a couple others before the rest of the gang descends on him and beats him within an inch of his life, but didn't give up. And there's another story. This one would shape the rest of the life of Meyer Lansky. And I will get to that story in just a second. Don't forget, we have... A significant announcement coming up this week on the show, and I mean significant. So you're going to want to stick around for that. 877-377-4373, jessie at jessiekellyshow.com. Email your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions, and yes, I missed you too. Hang on. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm is quiet. Have you ever had another air purifier? You probably have. We all have them now, mainly for allergies. But I mean, look, it's always nice to clean up your air, but they're so loud and they're so big. You know what I'm talking about. That huge two, three foot tower sits and takes up an entire corner of your room and sounds like an airplane is taking off. Yeah. Not the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Not only does it work better than any other air purifier I've ever had, it's tiny. And I mean tiny. It's just this little black box that goes in your plug-in in in the wall. I'm not telling you, by the way, to go get something that I haven't gotten. I own three of these things. Three of them. And I'm not kidding. I'm getting a fourth. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout. That gets you ten bucks off. The Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. It's Medal of Honor Monday. Don't forget about that. We'll get to that in 20 minutes, maybe, maybe 25. (laughs) We'll get to that soon. All right. But every single Monday, the only good and decent thing we do on this show all week long is we read a Medal of Honor citation from one of our heroes. We do that because these men deserve to be remembered. Their deeds deserve to be remembered. And a culture, a society, it gets more of what it incentivizes. Right now, we incentivize a lot of crap. That's why we get a lot of crap. Maybe we should spend a lot more time on our heroes than our villains. Anyway, back to our story about Meyer Lansky. I already told you about the sweet plate fight story. There's another story. Remember, there's all this ethnic tension. He gets surrounded by an Italian gang. This is just part of that life. Again, same old story. Knives, billy clubs, everything. They demand his money. The Italian gangs would routinely do this, but so would the Jewish gangs. So would the Irish gangs. This was just standard shakedown stuff. They would demand protection money from you. That's not just something the mafia came up with later on in life. Oh, it's a great candy store you have here. Better pay us or someone may burn it down. Kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge thing. That's just standard street gang stuff. They would do that to people just walking up the street, not just shops. These youth gangs would surround people and say, hey, better pay us $0.10 a week. Then we'll make sure nobody beats you up. And if you don't do that, they're going to beat you up right then and there. Well, this tiny guy, Meyer Lansky, tiny teenager surrounded by these Italians with billy clubs and knives, looks at the leader of this group who's shaking him down and tells him, and this is a direct quote, go beep yourself. The leader of this group, because his men move in to beat the daylights out of this tiny little snot, the leader of this group says, whoa, 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 no. I like this kid. Ends up shaking his hands, and the leader of that group happened to be one Charles Lucky Luciano, an up and comer in the Italian criminal world. And here was the problem with the Italian slash Sicilian criminal world because they really they were the most powerful organized crime groups at the time. Well, they were run by more old school mobster guys, guys who were mostly born in Sicily. And they had strict, strict race rules, strict ethnicity rules. No, we're not working with Jews. No, we're not working with the Irish. Those people were dirty. Those people were lower. Those people are stupid. They called those uh, Sicilian gangsters mustache peats. Well, in the eyes of guys like Charles Lucky Luciano and Meyer Lansky, they thought. Well, that's ridiculous. Why wouldn't I work with the smart people no matter who they are? I, I don't give a, I don't, I don't. care that he's Jewish. Meyer didn't care that, that Luciano was Italian. What they cared about was money. And what they did was together, as they rose up through the criminal ranks, them and Bugsy Siegel, they eventually organized the assassination of the two Italian mob bosses in New York, And they took the place over. The second mob boss that got uh, assassinated, his name was Maranzano, he watched the first guy or he heard about the first guy getting assassinated and knew he had to protect himself, so he stayed locked up in his office most of the time. And when you're locked up in your office and you know there are rival Italians trying to kill you, you don't let any strange, quote, Italians into your office. You know who you do let into your office? Jewish guys. Who do you think they sent in to go in and take care of this little problem? That's right. They sent in Meyer Lansky's crew. His crew was a hired group of hitmen. He wasn't on it, but they sent in Jews to go in and finish off Salvador Maranzano. And then when they got done defeating these two Italian mob bosses, they created what was then called the commission where they decided, hey, this whole Jew versus Italian thing is really stupid. What we're going to do is we're going to divide up the country, divide up the industries. All this violence isn't good for anybody. And Meyer Lansky was critical in this. We are going to set up the mafia. We're going to set up America's organized crime like it's a corporation, not like it's this weird little dictatorship of backstabbing. We're going to run it like a corporation and to his credit. I mean, I mean, I understand he's a gangster and a bad guy, but to his credit, Lansky was adamant about this and had a, had a reputation for this his entire life. It's probably the reason he ended up dying of old age, not to give away the, old, the, the end of the story, but he was all about honesty in his criminal dealings. What I, because the criminal world, I know you're going to find this shocking, is full of criminals. Criminals tend to be dishonest. Oh, yes, we will absolutely deliver that crate of uh, booze to you, and then they show up and kill you and take the money. Meyer Lansky was famous for his word being his bond. If he said he was going to do X, he did X. If he said he wasn't going to do Y, he didn't do Y. And he didn't just do that because of his Jewish background. He did that because, in his mind, that's just smart business. Why don't I acquire the reputation of being the honest one in my dealings? A handshake is good enough. Then I'll make more friends than enemies. The commission gets formed. They begin really dominating the United States of America, especially when it came to booze. This was during the era of prohibition. They were thriving in this time. And then Meyer Lansky discovers something that turned out to really be his specialty, something he had dabbled in since a child gambling. Meyer Lansky is probably as responsible for the rise of gambling in America as anybody in the history of the United States. He just looked at it as, and it's not as he didn't invent fancy casinos or something like that. I don't want to act like that, but he looked at gambling and said to himself, This could be a cash cow if we, one, make it appealing to not just the street kids, not just the dirt balls. We can make this super appealing to high society by having fancy celebrities and fancy casinos. We can have pretty dresses on the girls and the men in the best suits, and we can have pretty cocktail waitresses walking around. We can make this for high society, and high society will lose money in the casino by the thousand, making us rich, and we can make him enjoy it in the process. And he starts to establish gambling meccas all over the country. And one of the the ways they do this, it was fascinating as you read up on him, is the mob would simply look for cities, not always major ones either. It doesn't have to be New York. They'd look for a city that had a city council, police chief, mayor, who were more... (coughs) pliable than other places, they would look for a city where they could simply buy off all the powers that be, and they would, and then they'd put gigantic casinos in there and people would flock to them and make fortunes in them, absolute fortunes in them. But there was one place they valued above all as far as a gambling Mecca, and Meyer Lansky had his eyes on it from the early, early, early days. I will tell you what that is in just a few. Don't forget, we have Medal of Honor Monday today. Don't forget to follow me on social media, at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm also around Locals. I'm not posting anything on social media right now. The next thing I do post on there will be the announcement that I'm going to give to you. So don't worry. As soon as I'm allowed, I'll tell you. We'll finish up Lansky next, and then we'll get to Michelle Obama lying her face off. Hang on.
3: Is he smarter than everyone?
2: Who knows? Does
3: he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show.
1: Hey, Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute.
3: Hey, honey,
0: why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. That's AARP.org slash caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and
2: the Ed Council. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Oh, it's so good to be back in the chair. I, uh, I can't imagine what it must have been like for you to go a week without me. I'm so su- what, Chris? I'm surprised anybody's still alive, really. With the heart? What the heart ho- you don't understand what heartbreak can do to people, Chris. What? Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Let's wrap up Meyer Lansky because there's too much other fun stuff to get to today. Michelle Obama. People were shouting racist things at her. You freaking liar. <laughs> All right, hang on. Hang on. Meyer Lansky recognized this little paradise called Cuba. Again, he wasn't the first one to throw a casino there, but he realized, oh, this place could be America's Mecca for gambling. And I have to tell you, doesn't it sound cool? I mean, Cuba is supposed to be, I've never been because I won't give my money to communists. Same reason I've never been to China. China has all this history. But I won't go because I'm not going to have a dime of my money spent with those dirty commies. But Cuba is supposed to be gorgeous. I mean, absolutely gorgeous. The the, the environment itself, not so much the rundown communist streets, but the, the uh, environment itself is supposed to be beautiful. So the mob invested heavily in casinos down in Cuba and made an absolute fortune in them. And then, as you know, if you know the story, if you listen to this show, Fidel Castro does his communist revolution down there, promptly nationalizes all the industries and runs all the mobsters out of Cuba. The mob lost a fortune, a fortune when Castro took over. Then the CIA, because in general, the CIA is pretty useless. Then the CIA decided they'd use the Italian mob to assassinate Castro As if the Italian mob knows more about assassination than the Central Intelligence Agency does. Yeah, they can do a drive-by shooting on somebody, but this isn't the movies, you idiots. But they did try to work with the CIA to take down Castro, and of course, that turned out to be a hilarious failure. And remember, his friend, we mentioned him briefly, Bugsy Siegel. Meyer Lansky had this lifetime friend, Bugsy Siegel. They had also met his kids. They had fought together. Bugsy Siegel was a wild man. Uh, a real killer for hire. He was the muscle. Lansky was the brains for lots of their Jewish gangster days. Meyer Lans- or uh, Bugsy Siegel, it should also be noted, was dating Hollywood actresses. They moved him out to Los Angeles to essentially set up real organized crime out there, and he did. If you look at a picture of the guy, I showed my wife a picture of him, but she said, oh, my goodness. Bug- Bugsy Siegel looks like a movie star. He does. And he was a nut job. And so that was appealing to women. I mean, you know what I mean? He's a mob hitman who looks like a freaking model. But he did, have, he did have weaknesses. You see Bugsy Siegel, he saw there was already a, a casino or two in Las Vegas. No, he didn't put the first one there and decided this could be the new gambling mecca. And he started building the Flamingo. And the Flamingo was supposed to cost around $1.5 million. $6 million later, Bugsy Siegel was still overseeing the casino. And the problem for Bugsy Siegel was he wasn't getting that money from Merrill Lynch. He was getting that money from the mafia. There were several times Bugsy Siegel had stepped on too many toes. They think he was probably skimming profits He was definitely getting ripped off by contractors because Siegel didn't know what he was doing. And contractors will rip you off badly if you don't know what you're doing. There were several times the mob got together and decided we want to kill him. And several times Meyer Lansky stepped in and said, no, that's the kind of power Meyer Lansky's had. No, you're you're not going to kill my guy. No. And then. Meyer Lansky sent one of his close personal friends out to see Siegel and say, hey, you've got to stop. We have to change all this. You're in serious trouble. You're losing money. Bugsy Siegel was a basket case by this point in time. Apparently, he assaulted the guy and physically kicked him in the rear end to get out of the office. After that, the mob got together and asked Lansky again, hey, can we take care of this guy? And this is the rumor. We They didn't record the meeting. The rumor was Lansky said, yeah, go ahead. And Remember, Siegel was the best man at Lansky's wedding. And it wasn't very long after that, Bugsy Siegel's eyeball was sitting in one part of the room and the rest of his body was sitting in another. He sat down on a sofa in Los Angeles and somebody took a high-powered rifle from just 20 meters away and filled him full of holes with it. You can look at a picture of that too. By the way, it's not too gruesome. It's in black and white, but there's a picture of Bugsy Siegel dead, and and yes, you'll you'll see an eye socket where there used to be an eyeball. Meyer Lansky did a couple other cool things. We told the story about the German American boon to the rise of Hitler and the Nazis, and that we had some American Nazis here and. Meyer Lansky had a U.S. congressman sit down with him and say, hey, we can't legally do anything. You're allowed to be a Nazi here. It's free country. But we wouldn't mind it if you and your boys took care of this. Meyer Lansky and his boys spent their time beating up the Nazis and throwing them out of windows and stuff. <laughs> All right. I'll wrap this up and then it's on to Michelle Obama. Hang on. Your gear is as important to saving your life as the bullets in your weapon. You understand that, right? That is one of the things in the Marine Corps they taught us time and time and time again. That your socks are as important as your ammunition. When I tell you to get your gear from Northwest Retention Systems, I'm not just saying that because they have really cool looking gear. Like my you know, come and take it holsters and 1776 holsters and Donald Trump holsters and all the other endless designs. It's not because of that. It's because of the quality. Yes, it looks good, but quality saves your life when it comes to gear. Go to nwretention.com. That's NWRetention.com for custom made gear that's made right here in America. Use the promo code Jesse for 10% off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Meyer Lansky's life. Well, you know, he never really got in trouble with the law. Couple illegal gambling things. The guy never even went to prison. Died of old age in his 80s in Miami. Yeah, I know, Chris. Like I said, it's hard not to cheer for the guy, but that is the story of the mob's accountant. Now, we have to do a little transition here, and it is time. It is time. For a frank discussion about our culture, about our society, and about something we have really, really, really screwed up here. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to Medal of Honor Monday. We're going to do all that next on the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Send me your love, your hate, your death threats, your ass, Dr. Jesse questions. Let's have a chat. That's 888 84 jesse or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and
0: best-informed business reporters around the world.
1: We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Salaya Mosen. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
3: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny.